separate your steadfast love who can escape your faithfulness an endless sea and so full of grace and mercy and we by the past no more. Goodness of God. 
Search the world, but he couldn't feel me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith are never enough. Then you came along and you put me back together. Here in your love, oh, 
your breath. 
let's sing this to him. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. If you're a first-time guest, we just want to welcome you to Salem Heights Church. My name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you would just take a minute to grab the visitor card and the seat back in front of you and fill that out, let us know that you were here. We'd love to be able to reach out to you and just ask you any questions that you might have for us here at the church and let us be able to inform you of some of the things we have kicking off here in the next coming weeks. Well, we've got a couple of different things we're going to do this morning before we get back into worship. I'm really excited for them. I first wanted to share a few announcements with you. Uh, today is Group Connect Sunday, and if you are new to Salem Heights Church, Group Connect Sunday is just an opportunity for you to get connected with other believers to study God's Word and to grow in your discipleship. And so out in our foyer area out here outside the center doors, um, after the service, you're welcome to stop by our men's and women's discipleship tables. There's all kinds of offerings that we're going to be have this fall. You can get signed up for that. Uh, discipleship is where we work through a book of the Bible together, letting God's work speak to us and grow us in our faith. And so we have opportunities for you to sign up out there. There's also tables for our college-age ministry. If you're looking to get connected with other young adults, we have a table out there. You can sign up. Uh, they, they meet on Thursday nights, and they're going to be starting back up here in a couple weeks. We also have our careers group. Uh, those who are out of college now, and uh, that's a great group, and you can sign up there at the table as well. Uh, if you have any questions about any of the ministries kicking off at this time, you can find me or any one of our staff. We'll be happy to answer those questions for you. Uh, as always, we have groups like The Most Excellent Way that are meeting on Monday nights and Tuesday nights, both here and in West Salem, and so you can visit Pastor Matt. He can inform you about that. It's also an opportunity this morning for us to get signed up for small groups. Now, if you've been a longtime Salem Height attender, uh, you might notice that there doesn't seem to be as many tables out. So what are we doing for small groups? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. We're going to cover that in today's message. Hopefully on your way in, you were given a Group Connect card. It's going to be important that you have one of those. Uh, if you haven't, you can sneak out and grab one off the table. But we're going to be talking about what our small group plan is for our church this coming year in our message just a couple other things to remind you about. This afternoon at 4 o'clock up in our north parking lot and out into the field, we're going to be having our all-church barbecue. It's absolutely free. We'd love for you to come. It's an opportunity for us as a church to reconnect and fellowship together as one church. And so we have multiple services, and so it's a great time to come back. 4 o'clock is the best time to be up in the upper lot because we get a lot of shade provided by our trees. And so we invite you to come. The food is absolutely free. It's all provided for you. We're going to be having a big barbecue. We just ask you bring your own chair and uh, come and visit and come and fellowship tonight starting at 4 o'clock in the upper parking lot. We're also planning to have some slip and slides out of for all ages and so you're welcome to come. Make sure you bring a towel for that. It should be a lot of fun. Hey, this Thursday night, last announcement before uh, we move, move on. This Thursday night here in the auditorium, this room, 6.30 p.m., we're having our next No Longer Afraid meeting, our series where we tackle uh, issues that are maybe stirring us up and we have questions about. And this No Longer Afraid meeting is about navigating education. And so it's for any parent, uh, any grandparent, anyone who wants to come and hear about what we believe God is calling the church to do in regards to helping parents navigate how they raise their child in today's education system. It's not an opportunity where we're going to tell you what you should do. There's lots of options out there but to encourage you, to see you, and to point you back to God's Word. And so we'd love to have you visit and join us for that this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. here in the auditorium. <clears throat> well, we are a, a church that believes that we are called to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. Amen? And so for many years, we have been sending teams out into the field for short-term uh, missions trips, both uh, here in the States, uh, here, and then also internationally. 
And over the years, we've had different people who have come and and God has placed a unique call on their life to not just do that in a short-term capacity, but to do that as a calling on their life. And so this morning, I'm really excited to introduce to you a young couple that has grown up here the last couple years at our church and has felt God calling them into an international uh, missions calling. And so I've had the opportunity to get to know Jarrett and Danny Thorin and serve alongside them for the last couple of years, and I'm really excited this morning to share their story with you. So we have a short video to introduce them to you, and then I'll tell you why we're doing that. Let's take a look. My name is Jared Thorin. I'm Danny. And uh, we are part of the College Age Ministry here. We've been uh, helping and serving in the Crossroad Ministry and welcoming College Age kids to our house every uh, Thursday night. We've loved that and we're looking forward to another year ahead of, of serving in that ministry and, and being able to disciple and mentor, mentor that age group. My favorite thing about Salem Heights, I think a family people who know us and care about us and are invested in our spiritual journey, our spiritual growth, and our marriage, and everything that it is to be a believer. Well, we were looking for a place that we could uh, call home, and the three things we were looking for was a place that had pastors that we could sit under and learn from, and then a body of believers that both we could grow through their service to us, and then also a body of believers that we could serve and, and plug into and grow. So those were some of the things we were looking for. When we came to Heights, we just immediately, I mean, we were overwhelmed with just how easy it was to get connected. People reached out to us. Um, we were plugged in with the Newlyweds group with Bryce Bernard, and that was, that was an absolute blast to be a part of that. We knew we wanted to do ministry together. Um, and we wanted to be a couple in a marriage that was, was defined by ministry and serving the Lord, but we didn't know exactly what that looked like. Um, throughout my life, I had had a, this passion for athletics. I work at Corbin Athletics, and I loved seeing athletics used for spreading and advancing the gospel, and I had that desire to see that in, in my heart. Um, and then Danny, I would say she has this amazing gift for making anyone who feels like they're on the outskirts or not included or, or feels like they don't have a place to belong. She is so amazing at making those people feel welcome, loved, cared for, and serving them for Christ in that way. So we wanted to minister together, but we didn't know exactly where our giftings and passions fit. Um, and then we were able to travel to Okinawa, Japan uh, with Cadence International, the, the organization we've joined, and they gave us an opportunity to speak to these, this, these youth of uh, these military families. So I uh, had the opportunity to intern with Cadence in 2017. Um, again, didn't want to go, wasn't, wasn't feeling it, um, but I needed it for a school credit, so I went anyways and had an incredible experience. Um, the missionaries out there came alongside me and mentored me and walked alongside me for, uh, for three months. And after that, I knew that missions was eventually going to be where the, lead, the Lord is leading me. Um, and then when we were in Okinawa together in February of 2020, right before COVID, um, and just talking to the missionaries and talking to the, the team leaders out there and hearing their need for sports ministry, um, I remember just feeling so emotional, like, okay, Lord, this is it. Like, this is this is that desire you put on my heart in 2017. Um, this thing that we've talked through of wanting to do ministry together and wanting to to, to walk in ministry in our marriage, um, and this is it. This is where you're leading us. Cadence is a really special and unique ministry, um, one we love, and we love the people they serve. They serve military families, 
military personnel, and that can be all the way from veterans to current active duty to the wives of or husbands of current active duty, uh, all the way down to the kids, youth, children. Like it's the whole the whole ensemble. So they come alongside these military families and they serve them and they share the gospel with them and they have a mission that we love. It's called. It's really simple. Uh, the mission is sharing the gospel and our lives with the military community, and that's exactly what they do. Uh, like Jarrett said, Cadence is serving military families all over the world. Um, they have over 200 missionaries stationed all over and over 60 different ministry sites. There are 1.2 million military dependents around the world who are moving every three to five years. Um, and those 1.2 million dependents need to hear the gospel. There's 1.4 million active duty military members who need to hear the gospel and who need to know that Jesus loves them. So a big part of the training we received and also something that is important to us is the idea of having ascending church or by believers that is very much aware of the ministry that we're going to be a part of. Um, and more than just financially is actually partnering with us in ministry in the sense of they're praying for us. They're committed to praying for us in our marriages. We're going and stepping out in faith in this way, praying for the hearts and minds of the kids, the young adults, the military personnel that we're going to serve, praying for the ministry of Cadence, praying for our armed forces and their families as they're walking through the challenges of what it means to serve our country, um, and then praying if they can support us financially or, or be a part of the ministry um, and come visit and help serve, um, even potentially overseas. Those are all things that we would love to, to have and be surrounded by as we go through this journey. And our goal is to be fully funded by the end of this calendar year. Um, and then with that, uh, our kind of sub goal amongst that is by the end of August to be 75% funded. Uh, we're about a third of the way to our total goals. So that's a big goal, um, but uh, we also believe that the Lord uh, is the owner of all things. He's the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills, and so uh, if this is what He's called us to, He'll provide, and, and we're stepping out in faith to, to build our team. People are going to be a part of our ministry, partner with it, and help make it happen. Salem Heights, thank you for coming alongside us in some of the most transformative years of our life. Uh, you adopted us, we became part of the family, um, and we've been embraced and felt loved and cared for and connected in ways that we never have. And we are so, so excited and so blessed um, and eager at the opportunity to go out as one of you uh, and serve the Lord and bring Him glory in mission work. And thank you so much for considering being a part of our team and hoping to make this happen. Well, this is a special couple. Can we welcome Jarrett and Danny? I know many of you in this room have served on short-term missions. I know some of you have been actually missionaries that have served as, as a calling. And so I think we all understand what it's like to feel the Lord pulling you in a direction and then stepping out in faith to do that. And so uh, this, this couple has been working hard to follow God and trust God to leave what they know, to leave where they're comfortable, to leave the church they love, and to go... Um, overseas and serve in this with Cadence International. And so I just wanted to bring them up here. They're, they're real people. They, they attend faithfully and serve. I've had the opportunity to serve with them with our young adults and super thankful for that. And so after service today, they're going to be out by our missions wall with information about how you can pray for them and how you could potentially support them financially. 
if you've been attending our church for a long time, you know that we're really careful about who we put in front of you. And so we've vetted them, we've prayed for them, and we really do believe God has a calling on their life. And, and so we want to just bring that to our church family. And as the Lord may lead you to get involved with them and to support them, I would encourage you to, to meet them today. Would you encourage them that they're trying to go on the mission field at a little bit of a crazy time in our world? And yet, they're absolutely committed to the gospel and to serving. And if my biggest desire that I've been praying this morning is that they would just know that we see them, we affirm God's calling, and we love them as part of Salem Heights Church. So if at, at the bare minimum you could stop by and say, we love you, thank you for serving, let us know how we can pray, I'm sure that would be a huge encouragement to them. So thank you guys for listening to that, and let's go back to worship. have you stand. It so talks about our battle is not against flesh and blood, but when we do have battles, we need to be on our knees before the Lord. It goes like this. When all I see is a battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. As I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Yeah. 
And yet I know I owe him all. 
this is who he is. Father, you are worthy of all the praise. Jesus, you are worthy of all the praise. Holy Ghost, you are worthy. And we are thankful that we have not been left alone. We're thankful that you are strong, you are powerful, you are all-knowing. God, I would pray that you would help us to remember that even in these days. I would pray that you'd help us to live the way that you've called us to live. This is an important time. An important time, there's people that are searching and there's, there seems to be an openness to you that we've never seen before. 
And I would pray that you'd help us to take advantage of the time, not get distracted by some of the things that that we can be distracted by, some of the other cultural things. But God, help us to be on mark for you, ready to share a good word from you, ready to share what your son has done for the world. And so we pray that would happen. We pray now that as we hear from your word, I pray that we'd be encouraged. I pray that you'd help us to listen. Tell me, I pray that you would change our minds and do the renewing of our minds, which is what you uh, say your word will do for us. So we pray that that would happen now. Thank you so much for this time. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Well, hey, I am so excited to be here, and I'm going to try to convey that excitement to you in my message this morning. But here's what I wanted to start with. I was on a walk this week, and I was talking to my wife, and sometimes when we go on walks, I'm not a really good participant as a husband because I just start getting lost in my thoughts. But we were just talking about this week and just kind of talking about this weekend, and she was asking me what I was thinking about, and I just was able to try to communicate that I just, I, I wanted this Sunday, I knew I had an objective, I, I needed to speak for why we need to gather together in small groups, why it's important for us to do that, but I just had this kind of burden on my heart that, that has given me a desire to help us all for just a moment as we start this morning, pull our attention Back to Jesus, back to God, to to get our eyes off what's going on around us, to take our eyes off of all the things that are concerning us, and just for a moment, let's recenter our affection and our attention on God. As I was thinking about that, there's a song that I grew up uh, singing. I went to a church, we used a hymnal. And we sang this song that you guys probably all, even if you didn't grow up in church, maybe you've heard this song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. A song that was written back in 1922 based on Isaiah 45. And it, and it has this line, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Psalm 121, I want to, this is a prelude to my message, but I want to share it with you. Psalm 121, we're going to be in Galatians 6, so if you've already worked your way there because you saw on the screen, you can stay there. Let me read this to you. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I'm going to say that again. My help comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not sleep or slumber. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. We gather this morning for church. Why? Because the Lord has spoken. He has something to say to us this morning. He needs to be heard. And so that's why we gather. That's why we preach. We preach to proclaim what he has already told us. And we come together knowing that we can learn from the word of God and it can actually do a supernatural work in our hearts because of something Jesus Christ has done for us. He came 
as a servant, gave his life on a cross, was buried in a tomb, but rose three days later to prove to all mankind that he was not just a man, he was God in the flesh, and he did something that you and I could never do. He secured the victory over death and now offers that freely to us by merely believing in the gospel. By faith, we are saved. Our sins are forgiven. His Holy Spirit is placed inside of us. And now we can live knowing that when we turn our eyes up to the mountain, we know where our help comes from because he's already won the battle. Why do I share that this morning? See, Jesus, as he was with his 12 closest disciples... Hours before, he would be betrayed by one of them and put on the cross, was having one final meeting and meal with his men. And in John chapter 13 and 14, we read that Jesus told his followers that he was about to die, that he was going to leave, that he was actually going to go and return to heaven, return to be with the Father. And out of a concern for them where they might feel like, what? We've given our life for you. We've we have put all our eggs in this basket. We are building on this foundation and you're going to leave? Jesus, in the most loving way, says to them, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. He's not going to leave us as ones who have nowhere to turn, no resource to go to. No, I'm going to go to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit My presence will will fill you who believe, and and he will be with you wherever you go. You will never be alone. The Holy Spirit will be right next to you. He'll be inside you. And in the meantime, as I'm away, I'm coming back, but in the meantime, I'm going to give you my spirit, and I'm going to give you my church. You're not alone. Why do we need both? a relationship with the Lord and the church. When I was growing up, uh, my parents bought me different toys. And even now as a parent, I I bought my kids different toys. But the toys, at least for little boys, but I know this is not just a boy thing. I I know that many girls love playing with Legos, right? And there's been, you know, it's often been imitated, but it's never been duplicated. Legos are in a class all by themselves. And they actually came as a result of uh, this toy maker who didn't have the resources to build with wood and build wood blocks anymore. And so plastics were available and they made this mold and it changed toy making forever. But if you look at these Legos... These Legos were constructed for two purposes. They have the little pegs on top so that they can be connected to something above, and they have spaces below where they can have, be connected from below. They've been connected, they've been created to be connected above and below. I believe that all of us are like Legos. <laughs> Look at this box, different shapes, different sizes, and yet they all serve a purpose you've ever seen someone with creativity and imagination, how they can take a box of random pieces and build something spectacular. And I know there might be even in this room some Lego masters, master builders, master creators. Can I tell you that God is the master creator? And he created all of us just the way, but he created us to be connected to him first above, but also to be connected below here to the church. 
And it's this connection to others that I want to focus on this morning. Sometimes we call this fellowship. Sometimes we call this community. Sometimes we talk about being connected. But I want us to consider this morning why we need to be connected. And we're going to end our message here in just a few minutes with a challenge to our church. We're going to explain where we're heading this year because we have made some different changes and tweaks to how we want to gather together in this next year. Now, for some of you this morning, to, to hear that we're, we're starting up and we're getting ready to launch discipleship groups and, and launch our small group ministry again and things are getting going again, for some of you this morning, I'm confident you're like, man, I've been waiting for this. I have been longing for this. I have been missing connection. The events of the last year and a half have just disrupted all of that, and I want that. And not just connection, just to have community. There's all kinds of different ideas and beliefs that can cause you to gather together. But there is nothing, nothing that will build you up and fill you up and grow you up by connecting with other believers around God's word and letting God's word speak. There's nothing. And so some of you this morning are like, yes, Pastor Pete, tell us what we're doing. We're ready. But I know for some of us in the room this morning, we're like, that's the last thing I want to do right now. I don't want to be connected. I'm irritated. I'm bothered by everyone, by everything. I'm not sure I want to do this. So don't you tell me that I have to. Well, my, my sermon title is Why You Need It. So I'm going to tell you. Why do you need discipleship? Why do you need fellowship? Why do I need these things? If you haven't found your way there, would you please turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And as you came in, you were given a a white card. It has stuff on the front and back. I'm going to explain all this in just a minute. But I just want to share two brief observations from Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 10 that give us the reason why we need fellowship. Now, one of the things that I've been doing recently is I've been making this statement before I read the passage of the morning. I say, if you're ready, say ready. And I've never explained it to first service. I actually did it to second service one time. The reason I'm doing that is because I believe that we should come expecting God to speak through his word and it can have an eternal impact in my life. There should be an anticipation when we're about to hear God speak. So when I say, are you ready? I say, are you ready? Are you really here and expecting and anticipating to hear from God and expecting to get something out of today's message? If you are, then say ready. If you're not, just don't, don't, don't say, okay, yeah, that's a little bit of a false start. False start. I love it. I, I'm not trying just to be cute or have some sort of funny thing I say before sermons. I really mean it if we're ready. I don't want to say it again because you'll jump ahead of me. So let's stand in, God's, in honor of God's word. We're going to read Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, and I'm going to make two observations for us this morning. If you're ready, say ready. ready. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone, and not compare himself with someone else. 
for each person will have to carry his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Do you believe there's something in there for us this morning? I believe there is too. You may be seated. Father God, would you guide my words and our steps here in the next few moments? And God, would you speak through your word and help it be clear why we need fellowship? We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. The first reason why you need fellowship and why I want you to strongly consider and prayerfully consider getting connected with other believers in this next year in a small group or in a discipleship group is because you are needy. You need fellowship because you are needy. Look what it says here in verse 2. Carry one another's burdens. That that tells us that we all have burdens. Now later on in verse 5 it says, For each person will have to carry his own load. That means that life is not easy. Amen? We have a load. God has assigned to us a load to carry. He has given us a calling. He's given us responsibilities. And he's saying, this is what I've created you for. This is what I'm directing you towards. Carry this. And we're supposed to carry that. But in the Greek language that this was written by Paul, the word here for burden is different from the word load. Burdens are in addition to the load we're already carrying. And there are going to be times in our life where we experience burdens, spiritual burdens that are going to come upon our lives, things that impact us, that weigh us down. We all have them. And so we need fellowship because we are needy. And without it, we might become weary and give up. Ed Welch wrote a book called Side by Side, and he highlights this. He says, life is too hard to manage single-handedly. That's why we are needy. Life is also good, but it is hard. There's never a day when we have immunity from difficult circumstances. To admit it is not complaining. You have burdens. Undoubtedly, we all have things that are in addition to the load that God has designed us to carry. And what Paul is saying here is, as part of the body of Christ, as part of a group of believers that comes together in a local place and says, we are connected through our faith in Christ We are instructed here to carry one another's burdens. But the implication here in verse 9 is that that can be a tiring process, a process that wears us out if we try to do it in our own strength. It says in verse 9, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. We can get tired if we don't rely on the body of Christ to help us with our burdens. But some of us are too proud to ask for help. Or some of us are too quick to give up. In 1 Thessalonians, another letter that Paul wrote to a church, Paul says, he kind of gives us an idea of what it looks like when a person is worn out and tired and, and kind of give it, what does it look like when we are carrying burdens around? Because in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, He calls the church 
to care for one another in this way. I'll read it to you. It says this, And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Here Paul highlights three manifestations of a person who's tired because they're trying to carry their own burdens. They become idle. That word is just lazy. They just give up. They don't, they don't want to do anything anymore. They don't want to do anything for anybody else. They get discouraged. They, they don't know why this is happening. They don't see an end in sight. Or they get weak. The implication there for weakness is that we can get so burdened that we just feel trapped. We don't know what to do, and so we're just paralyzed. We're stuck. And what does Paul do? He says he calls the, the fellowship of the church. He says, come alongside each other and encourage each other. Admonish the idol. Those of you who are just kind of, I don't want to do this. I'm doing my own thing. I'm just being lazy. We're supposed to admonish one another. That's a spiritually led challenging not because you're not doing it my way or because I'm better than you or I'm over you, but just to say, as I, as I love for you as a brother or sister in the Lord, come on, snap to it. Let's get to work. For those of you who are discouraged, we're supposed to come alongside them and encourage the discouraged. And for those who are weak, we're to come alongside and help them, disciple them, counsel them. And so you need fellowship Within the church, within the local group of believers that you are associated with, you need it because you are needy. And if you don't rely on other believers, if you don't rely on the church, it is very easy and very likely that you will become weary to the point where you say, I just, I give up. So what do we need to do? I think we need to be more like this guy. Bob Wiley. Bob had a lot of problems. And actually, he didn't have as many problems as he thought. He thought he had a lot of problems. But there was something that Bob did. Bob sought help. He said, I, I need, I need. And what did Bob do? When he actually admitted that he had a need and went and sought help, he began to see the burden lift. He began to sail. He's sailing. I say that in joking, but here's what I'm calling us to do. Are you willing to say, I I'm needy? And I need the body of Christ because that is the instrument that God has created to help carry these spiritual burdens as I'm trying to stay faithful to following God's word amongst the noise. Are you needy? I believe you are. I know I am. And so we need to begin to seek support. We need to plug in. We need to be like that Lego says, I'm going to get connected with other believers. And when we do, I believe that the testimony of many of us in this room is that when we've been connected and when we've been transparent and we've pursued authentic relationships through the context of small groups or discipleships to know others and to be known, we've understood that there's actually people that come alongside us that are just watching our lives. They don't even have to be invited. They just come in and in a healthy, godly, loving way say, hey, can I help you with that? How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Can I serve you? Can I help you with that? We need fellowship because we're needy. But there's a second reason that we see here back in Galatians chapter 6. You need fellowship because you are needed. 
We have a duty to serve one another rather than ourselves. Look at verse 1. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in a wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit. Now, this is not being written to those who had achieved spiritual, like, the top level. They are spiritually mature. They have, they have accomplished the point where they're just spiritual. No, those of you who are spiritualists, those of you right now who are doing a good job managing your load because you're relying on the Lord to care, help you carry the burden and you're relying on the church, those are the people who are walking in the Spirit who have the capacity to help somebody else out with their burden. There's going to be seasons in our life where we don't have the capacity to help someone with their burdens. We're the ones that are in need. But there are going to be times where we are walking in the Lord, we're walking in the Spirit, we're, we're, we're plugged into the body, we have fellowship, they're helping us with our burdens, and that allows us to actually help somebody else out. Carry one another's burdens. We both have a duty to do this. In Romans chapter 15, Paul writes this to the Roman believers. He says, Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. He's not talking about physically strong. That's just one portion of it. He's speaking spiritually strong. He says, each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. We're called to support one another. And so you're needed the reason why I believe you need fellowship is because God wants to use you to help carry the burdens. God wants to use you to help encourage the discouraged, to help admonish the idle, to help those who are weak and feel trapped. God wants to use you. And you might go, I have nothing to offer. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. But God can. God supernaturally works through those who say, here I am, Lord, use me, send me. I think we have to notice the progression here, though. We need fellowship first because we're needy, and then because we're needed. If we start out with number two first, I'm here because I'm needed, that's going to get us off track. But then look what he says in verse 10. Therefore... As we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. We are called to work for the good of others, not ourselves. That means when we wake up and we think about what are we going to go accomplish today? How are we going to serve the Lord today? What is it that we're going, to, we're going to put our effort and our energy and our resources to? He says the first place should be how can we serve others? Because in doing so, we are actually serving the Lord. He says in verse 2, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. In John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you should love one another as I have loved you. Jesus loved us. He, he demonstrated that love and that while we were still sinners, he died for us. He gave himself to those who were undeserving, unworthy, and ungrateful. And he's saying, I'm calling you to do the same. I'm calling you to do the same. See, this is not a message for the person sitting next to you. This is a message for you. This is a message for me. We all have a responsibility. But I want to just highlight this, this, this term here that we see in this translation 
that we are to first, you know, to focus on how can we do, how can we use our abilities, our resources, our time to help those. It says to do for all, but especially for the household of faith. There's a starting point and a progression that I think is important here. The household of faith is more than just our families. In the Greek, it's the word oikos. It's different than the yogurt. Oikos. It means the people that you gather with. It's the people that God has supernaturally and strategically placed around you. It could be family. It could be friends. It could be coworkers, people that you interact with. Those are the people that God has surrounded you with. Some of them are in your oikos, your, your faith, your household of faith. Some of them are outside. The, the passage here says we are to do good for all of them, but let's start with each other. Let's look out for each other. This last year has been tumultuous. And as Pastor Justin and I were talking about this idea of that we are called to, to kind of consider who is our oikos? Who, who are those people that God has placed around us? Who is it that we might gather with around God's word and grow in this next year? The, the idea that popped in our mind is the idea of the image of a lifeboat. If you've ever been on a ship, a cruise or any kind of ship, they, they go over, even if you're taking a ferry somewhere, they, they go over safety procedures and what will happen in the event that something happens out there on the water. But a lifeboat, is, they, they divide people up by proximity. You guys are staying in this part of the boat, so you're going to go to this boat and you're all going to get in together if there's an emergency. But what is the purpose of a lifeboat? Its primary function, and this is, this is a, a, a definition I got uh, from an article on lifeboats. Uh, I don't usually read those. I was looking for this. It says the primary function of a lifeboat is as a device for swift and effective evacuation of people in distress from the ship and then aid them to safe location. H- have you felt fragmented in the last year? Disconnected? Floating aimlessly? not knowing who to gather with, not knowing who can be there to help carry your burdens. I believe the word is telling us the Lord has already created a group of people. He's placed you in a spot and he's saying, gather with those people together, get in that boat, look out for each other and make your way towards safe harbor. Make your way towards the Lord. Point each other to the Lord. Work together to the Lord. Work in congruence to move towards the Lord together. In moments like the moments we are experiencing right now as a church family, we are called to gather with our oikos to serve one another. So what is our plan? What are our next steps? What we are calling you to do, if Salem Heights is your church home, we're calling you, we're asking you, we're charging you to spend some time considering who is my oikos. Who are those who are, that, need, that I need to gather with, I need to get in the boat with together and begin to work and, and encourage and serve one another as we work towards growing in our relationship with the Lord? We want you to take time to do that. One of the things that we, we gained from the season when we weren't meeting in person was we encouraged the church to gather in smaller groups. We called it home churches. And at first... There was a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, and, and to be quite honest, there was a lot of people who didn't want to do that. But for those who, who took the, the challenge, those who stepped out in faith and took that opportunity, not only did it, did it help encourage them, 
But we heard reports of how there was deep intimacy that drove deeper than they had experienced before. To the point that when we said, okay, it's time for us to all start to come back and gather in person again, there were many home churches that said, really, is it time yet? Why? Because there was an intimacy and a fellowship where they would hear the message preached and then they would go deep and they would talk about those questions and they would check in on each other and we don't want to lose that. That was, the, that was one of the most common pieces of in, in input that I got from our church family was, okay, we're going to come back, but we don't want to lose that. How do we keep that? And so as we prayed as a staff, we believe this is, this is the way we can keep that. It's that rather than trying to set out a bunch of small groups and say, this small group study in this, and this small group is for the people in this life stage, we're saying God has already placed an oikos around you. You identify those people and gather together. Get in the lifeboat and serve together and to sin together and to gather together for fellowship in the word of God. So, how are we going to do that? Well, on this card that we gave you, there's two sides to it. On, the, on one side, it has an opportunity for you to take time. What we're going to do is over the next four weeks, uh, we're, we're not going to officially kick off our small group ministry until the last week of September. We're giving you time to pray and to consider who is your oikos and who will you gather with. But we're asking you to gather with another individual or another family or two. There's no limits. You can make it as big as you want, but it needs to be at least two or three. Okay? And we're asking you to gather together at a time that works for you. We're asking you to come around God's word. We're, we're encouraging you as a group to work through the word of God. Now you might say, well, we don't, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a small group leader. I have no training and no desire to do this. That's not what these small groups are going to be about. We're going to provide discussion questions. You can get together and just say, we're going to take those discuss- discussion questions that come up at the end of each sermon, and we're going to get together after listening to the sermon in person, or we watched it online, and we're going to gather together, and we're going to talk about those questions. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit continue to help us understand and apply with the truth that we learned to our lives today. For some groups, we're offering also what we call thriving. It's a, a weekly verse that we send out, a passage of scripture, and some four simple questions that you can ask to help the Holy Spirit teach you and unpack the word of God together. That, that doesn't need a skilled pastor to lead it. You, with the Holy Spirit and God's word, if you will let God's word speak for itself, you will grow. You will grow. So why fill it out on a card? Some of us are a little leery of any kind of card in church. Okay? This It's just so that we can know, we, nobody else, the pastors can know who are gathering, where are gatherings at, so we can pray for you, we can check in and just support you, and we can send you resources for anything that you encounter. And so we're asking you to get connected. When you come to the barbecue today, if you maybe don't know, maybe you're new to church, I don't know a whole lot of people, come to the barbecue, let the Spirit of God maybe start an interaction with somebody and say, hey, would you want to gather this year and meet after the sermon and, and do the discussion questions? Or do you want to gather for thriving? We're asking you to get it. You need fellowship and you're needed. And so we're asking you to fill out this card. We'll have these cards available for the next four weeks. You can also go on our church website and on the homepage you scroll down and the very same card is available digitally if you lose it or it gets recycled. And if you're watching online this morning, that's a great way for you to get connected. Sign up. Gather together and grow. 
But you might say, Pastor Pete, I'm new to Salem Heights Church. I don't know anybody, but I'm longing for a connection. What am I supposed to do? Go up to a stranger and say, hey, can I be in your group, please? (laughs) Some people are that bold. I would think that's awesome. If that's you, go do that. But on the back side of the card, it just says, I'm new and I need help. We are willing to help you. We're going to have a couple of groups that are going to be ways to on-ramp you into our church, safe places for you to gather if you don't have a group. And then we're going to use that as an opportunity to either let groups form out of that and go launch themselves, or potentially we can help you get placed with a group that fits your life stage or what you're looking for. But we're going to have options for everybody. But the choice is up to you. Do I need fellowship? Does, it, does fellowship need me? Scripturally, the answer to both those questions is yes. So we're asking you to form small groups organically this year, to get connected to one another, to let us know so that we can support you and encourage you and pray for you, to meet regularly. We're asking you to to get together and to commit to gathering on a regular basis. For some of you, it might be that you you can't meet every week, but you can meet once a month. Perhaps it's like, hey, we're going to check in over the phone, but we're going to meet every other week. Whatever works for you, you set it up when it works for you, but stay connected to people. Give of yourself. Be ready to help somebody else outside yourself. And let those roots grow deep. We're also encouraging you guys to serve together, to look for ways to help each other. Because the reality is, as we all get in our lifeboats and start moving towards the Lord this year, we're going to come upon some people that are hanging on to some driftwood in the ocean. Do you guys like that? Come on. I mean, I I worked on that in the mirror to make sure. (laughs) I'm asking you to look out for those who are outside the boat and maybe say, I- I'm, I'm going to invite them. I don't want anybody to be outside the boat. Because I think we've all experienced times where we felt left out. Go back to elementary school, picking teams for dodgeball. <laughs> if someone needs, hey, you can join our group. Hey, do you have a group? Join our group. But also to serve. How can we get out and serve together? Some of my deepest relationships here at Salem Heights have been with people that I've gone and done mission trips with, gone and served with. There's an intimacy and a fellowship that is strengthened and forged in that. We want you all to experience that, so serve together. And the last thing we're asking you to do with your oikos, to commit to, is to potentially send. Our hope is in this next year that we begin to be able to send teams out and start getting our missions program going again. And we think it would be amazing if small groups said, we're going to commit, we're going to pray, and we're going to say, who's feeling led to go on a mission trip, and could our group be a sending agent to help them get there? Think about that. To be a church that says, our small groups form naturally around the oikos that God's already placed in their life. They gather, they commit to each other, gathering around God's word. They serve each other, and they help each other go and do God's work. That's an amazing vision. It's a biblical vision. So who's your oikos? Who are those people that God has already strategically and supernaturally placed around you? They might not be in the room this morning. I want to encourage you to to get connected and to let us know so that we can support you. But here's the bottom line. Fellowship is for the needy and the needed. And you are both. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for your design of the church family. Thank you for not just letting us be on our own and 
having to do things just by ourselves. And God, I just pray that you would stir us up, Lord. There might be some of us who are struggling and say, I I don't want that, but God, I've been created to connect to both you and to others. So God, help me stand outside. Help me to step outside of my comfort zone to experience the fellowship that you created through your local church. God, I pray that we would, we would grab a hold of each other, that we'd serve each other, that we'd love each other this year. And that, God, that we would be able to grow up and be able to speak of the testimonies of the life change that's taken place because we have been used by you to serve others. And then in turn, we have been served by the body of Christ. God, this, this is going to be a supernatural thing. If this grows, it's going to be because your people have submitted to your word and have decided to follow. So I pray that for our church. I pray this in your son's beautiful name. Amen. thought it might be appropriate for us to sing and close with, take my life. And take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to me. And take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise, let them flow in ceaseless praise. And take my hands and take my hands and like this and I am yours and said Take my life, you are all I 
take my life and take my life you are all i live for i'm yours and i am we know sometimes it takes a little effort to grow amen so we do encourage you to go and check out some groups right now thanks so much for being here today you are dismissed
Oh my 